So I turned to a blank page as I was writing when he called me. I turned to a blank page, wrote the title down, wrote the date down, and I wrote the first thing that came to my mind. We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you're part of the math. And then my mind went completely blank. And I was like, yo, this ain't the time for writer's block. I started banging on the page. I was like, God, I was like, I need a piece right now. I was like, please give me one right now. Mm-hmm. Put my hand back to the page, hand started moving, moving, writing, writing, writing. Wrote a full page, turned page, I wrote a few more lines. I stopped, I read over it. I was like, man, it's kind of hot. So I called Cootie back in like 10 minutes, like, dog, listen to this. What's up, everybody? You are tuned in to yet another select conversation by United Masters, presented by Ally. And I'm sitting here with the one, the only, <laughs> the Grammy-nominated, NAACP award-winning Come on now. performance poet. Hey, now. The writer. One, the one and the only. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're the only one I know. Hey. J. Ivy, everybody. Thank you so much. It's oh good to be goodness. here. We are so happy to have you here at Select Conversations. Thank Man, you. Man, it's a blessing and an honor to be here. I'm, I'm so excited about Select Con. So excited, you know, to be a part of the United Masters family. So it's a celebration. It's right, a celebration. Right, because you're also a United Masters artist. So how yeah. has that been for you so far? It's been incredible. So my latest album, Catching Dreams, uh, live at Fort Knox, Chicago, was put out through United Masters, and we got nominated for a Grammy. So I mean, yeah, it's going, it's going pretty good. No, it's gonna, it's gonna be very, very well. And you were in a very tough category, like you were next to the likes of Don Cheadle, Barack Obama, like, and even though you didn't win, to me, I feel like that's that's a respectable L. Like that's a very, that's a capital L right there. Yeah, it it was honorable. It was a huge win for poetry, Mm -hmm. for the for the artist spoken word. It was huge. It was. So you had LeVar Burton, Don Cheadle, Dave Chappelle, Amir Suleiman was another incredible poet. Barack Obama and and Jay Ivey. So I'm I'm so excited about the moment. It, it was all a dream. Like being in Vegas, celebrating that moment with the fam. It was incredible. That's incredible. historical. That's yeah. historical. So let's start from the top, because I know I want to know, and I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone listening and watching wants to know as well. Yeah. How do you make a living being a poet? <laughs> like what, before we even go to the monetization side of it. Yeah. As a young artist, just in general, uh-huh. how did you say, "Okay, yeah, I'm gonna be a poet, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a shake"? Like, what? Take us yeah. back to the rudimentary thoughts, the moment that you knew that being a poet was for you. Yeah, it's funny that you ask that because people all the time when they meet me, they like, "What you do?" I'm like, "I'm a poet." They're like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." Like, but what? what you do? Right. I'm like, "I'm a poet." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm get that. <laughs> what you do to make money? <laughs> right. So, I mean, coming up, it it was um. It was something that I didn't aspire to be. I, I wasn't aspiring to be a poet. That wasn't uh, what I was trying to grow up to be. I had this English teacher name is Argue. What I learned, you're not going to argue with somebody named Miss Argue. Mm, right. And she had us write a poem for homework. I write the poem, come to class the next day. She'd make everybody read that poem in front of the class. And then she gave me an A on the poem, but then she made me do this show, and I got a standing ovation my first time ever on stage. Wow. So I just really fell in love with with the idea of, of uh, having a voice. I, you know, I was one of those broken kids uh, who lacked confidence, super insecure. And then when I found this space 
on stage, like my my entire life changed, you know. So I was really just pursuing the love and the passion and that feeling that I got the first time. Just, mm-hmm. okay, how do I get that feeling again? Right. And then I, I remember the first time, and this is some years ago gone by, because I started in high school and then was doing stuff in college, Illinois State. Shout out to the Redbirds. All right. Uh, <laughs> Redbirds. <laughs> but, uh, and shout out to Rich Central. But uh, I was, I remember somebody giving me $25, right? I did this show and they gave me $25 and I was surprised. I'm like, you giving me money to do this? Like, I like I love doing this. I, I would do this. Gave me 20. It was so many shows up until that point that I'd done for free. I remember you from Atlanta. I remember uh, doing the Atlanta Arts Festival. Oh, and my gosh. That is a historical Man, let me I tell you. Yeah, so yeah. Kevin Powell, incredible writer, poet, um, artist, uh, activist. He was He was hosting an event. So I remember getting on the Greyhound and driving all the way down to Atlanta from Chicago on the Greyhound. What? How long is that ride? It was long. I know. You know how Greyhound do. Um, it was long. Was, <laughs> it wasn't a straight shot. Greyhound. That's for sure. I know. That was long. <laughs> that long time. I was on that. But I met some interesting people on that oh, ride. I bet you, you did. Know? <laughs> so I remember getting there. I do the show. And I didn't have money at the time to, to get a hotel. I didn't know nobody in Atlanta at the time. So I, after the show, I literally went right back to the Greyhound and got back on the bus to go to Chicago, and I felt like I made it to the Olympics. Like, I felt like just I was on 10. I was on 10,000. Like, man, I just performed in Atlanta with Kevin Powell. I was so excited. So for me, early on, it, it wasn't about the money, but as time went on, then found different ways to monetize mm-hmm. and found different ways to – Okay, we got performance fees, and now I'm doing voiceovers, and there's fees for that. And now I'm, I'm writing scripts, and I'm writing uh, copy for commercials, and I'm getting paid for that. I'm doing workshops in schools, and so it, it over time, um, the the business side was revealed to me. Bumped my head a lot of times, mm-hmm. but but I slowly but surely found a career doing what I love to do. Right. Your talent yeah. made room for you it and you room. didn't run from it. Were yeah. there any times or any moments where you were discouraged or you felt yeah. that being a poet is just not a thing? How did you get yourself out of that and continue to pursue it? Yeah, I mean, it was... I look at it like this. Like, in life, there, there there's going to be ups and downs, whatever you decide to choose to do. True. But if you're doing what you love to do, the, the downs won't feel so low. The highs feel higher and the downs don't feel as low. So there were absolutely times where there were hard times, rock bottom times. Mm. Like, like man, this is this is way like more than, than I can chew right now. Like right. like what I'm what I'm gonna do? Like <laughs> lights getting cut off and yeah. you know, bills need to be paid and I need to survive. And as soon as I would whenever I would get to that place, the phone would ring. Uh I I'd go somewhere and, and the opportunity would pop up. God would happen, really. Mm-hmm. It was always God, like, okay, I got you. Like even those times where I I was in like self destruct mode. God was like, no, nah, no, nah, I got a mission for you. And things would always tend to happen right when I was at those lowest points that would just keep me going, you know. So it's just been it's been blessing after blessing. You know? That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And you have a very 
stellar tribe, I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, back yeah. when y'all was dusty. I'm sure yeah, y'all yeah, didn't yeah. know it. But, you know, Cootie, yeah. Chike, Yay, like so many names yeah. that have shaped music and artistry as we know it, business as yeah. we know it today. You all were eye to eye at that rock bottom place many yeah. times. You know, we saw that in the Genius documentary. But just being or just having lived it. What was that like when you intersected mm. with those amazing creatives and how did you know that that's who was going to stick with you all the way? Yeah, I, well, the first person I met was Cootie. And back in Chicago, like the mid-90s, late 90s, there was a Chicago renaissance happening. Mm-hmm. You had so many incredible artists, so many incredible MCs and singers and poets and actors and dancers and comedians that were really thriving and just didn't want to stick to the motto of go to school, get a good job. Cause that's all our parents told us, go to school, get a good job. That's why I went to I state. Right. I was, I was doing like my mama told me, all right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to school. And after I finished these eight years, I'm gonna, it wasn't gonna be four. It wasn't gonna be four. After that, you know, you go get a good job. So it, there was this, it was a, it was a season and a period where so many folks just had a dream, like they, we all had these the, the, a passion inside of us, and everybody was out pursuing it. And 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 and, and mind you, this is this is the time where, where the Bulls are winning championships, and there was just this beautiful, big, bright light being shined was up on Chicago, yeah. and and a lot of money fl- flowing through Chicago mm-hmm. too. So it was a lot of opportunity. Nightlife was popping. Everything was dope. So I would go to the. Um, I, I was young, so I'm I'm just trying to figure out how to get back on stage. I flunked out of college. So I was the college flunk out. Okay. So I flunked out of school. <laughs> and I'm like, the only thing I knew I was good at, like I knew, like I was super confident in in my ability to perform and write. Like talking to girls or social, like I, I was, you know, still like, uh, but okay. but poetry, uh, it, it wasn't nothing. That was you your bad. I, so I'm like, okay, how do I get in front of people and do this? as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would go to um, just anywhere and everywhere I could perform, whether it's a church or a park or calling somebody or just whatever. Like, like you go hear these poems. <laughs> like, I got these poems. <laughs> you got to get hear. these poems. You got to get, get these words. You got to get them. You got to <laughs> get them. And then I remember I, I ran into um, this guy named Damon Williams. He's a comedian, Chicago legend. Mm-hmm. And he was hosting this spot at All Jokes Aside, a comedy club in Chicago. And I was underage, so I couldn't get in the club. And he was like, yo, every Wednesday I host an open mic. Just come down, put your name on the list, and just wait in Okay, the lobby. so he slid you in. He, he saw something come get you. in you and right. gave you a chance. So That's I, Right. So I go, put my name on the list, like he said, and then he come get me. And then I was the only poet at this comedy club mm. doing poetry. And, and when I say I'm at the comedy club, there's, there's Corey Holcomb. There's Dion Cole. Wow. There's... D. Ray Davis, uh, Lil Rail came um, a little while after that, and then one of the, one of the other comedians was Cootie. So Cootie was he was one of the comedians that was there on the scene doing his thing, and we just we just hit it off and got cool. Cool. And then and then later on, fast forward some years, I ended up on Deaf Poetry. So I was on the first season of Russell Simmons Deaf Poetry. So I come out to New York to do the show, and lo and behold. There's Cootie, there's John Monopoly, mm-hmm. there's my guy B. Cole, uh, Michi, a couple other folks from Chicago. When they saw me, they were like, man, you on this, you on this? I was like, I was like, yeah. They was like, man, we sitting in the front row, Chicago style. Love that. I was like, 
all right, okay, whatever. Right. You know, <laughs> when I walked out on that stage, the whole left front row, the entire Gang, left front row, front all row. Chicago, <laughs> all Chicago. And then from that, like, man, me and Cootie was just, man, we just stayed in tune. And he was like, man, you uh, you need to move out here. You'll do well in New York. Mm-hmm. So I ended up moving. And when I moved, I, I landed right in the middle of him documenting Kanye. So right. I met Kanye in Chicago, but, like, in passing, like, we didn't know each other like that. Right. But when I got here, it was like, you know, I'm in the height of Rockefeller. and, right. and Kanye. Matter of fact, I got here in August of 02, and Kanye signed his record deal, like, maybe three weeks later. So I, I literally landed in yeah. the perfect time. And then a few months later, I'm recording That's amazing. Never Let Me Down for the college dropout. It was just... When I when I first got here, three weeks after I got here, I was I ended up in the yeah. Studio break it with, down, break it yeah. all the way down. Like, listen, this this divine <laughs> like it was, link up is just it's really legendary. So take yeah. us from point A to point Z. Yeah, it was all it was so divine. And so I come here, and uh, like three weeks after I got here, and me and Cootie, not at this point, we kicking it every day. Right, this, this is my, heavy. Yeah, this is my running buddy. So right. every day, we we kicking it. We we going to parties, going to events. We building, we dreaming. We would always say, man, this time next year, this time next year. That was our whole thing. This Y'all time were next year. Manifesting without even manifesting. Knowing it. Manifesting. Yeah. And and it was just like it was just, it was just an incredible time. And then um I remember uh I was in the studio, like three weeks later, I ended up in the studio with the RZA. So we go <laughs> in the studio. This story's just getting more and more legendary hey, as you talk. Look, this is we, so amazing. Listen, I'm loving we, it. We're in the studio. And it was it was for Takitha. She was doing she was working on her album. She was first lady of Wu Tang, working mm-hmm. on her album. Next thing I know, Wu Tang. I mean, uh, RZA. He started going through beats. He kept playing different beats. And I hit Cootie. I was like, Yo, I think he's looking for a beat for us. <laughs> so then he put this beat on. And he's like, All right, all right, man, you do your thing. So next thing I know, I'm in the booth. I wrote something. I'm in the booth, looking through the glass at the RZA. I was like, Man, if this happening in three weeks. Uh, what's gonna happen in three months, six right. months, a year? I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. I ain't going. To, I'm here, so that, that's how I ended up being here. And then, and then, man, me and Cootie, like every day, he was just kicking. It. And then eventually, he was the one who called me after Kanye got in the accident. If you've seen Genius, mm-hmm. oh, of course, Kanye gets in the accident. He flies Cootie to to L.A. Mm-hmm. Cootie calling me every day, like, man, Jay, we out here kicking it, man. You gotta get out of L.A. It's popping. Oh man, it's crazy, it's crazy. Call me the next day. Oh man, Jay, man, we was just at, at Jamie Foxx's crib, and man, him and Kanye did this song called Slow Jams, man. I, I got it all on tape, man. You gotta get out. It's crazy. We kicking it. So Saturday rolled around, next day. Saturday rolled around. Cootie called me. It's like eleven o'clock at night, and I remember. I was in between shows. So, mm-hmm. You were like, look, so I, I got time. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got and, nothing and, to do. Hey, I was, I was tapped out. So I, I definitely had time. And I was like, well, you know, I got some food in the crib. It's Saturday. I want to go out. But I'm going to sit down. I'm going to kick it. And um, not kick it, but I'm, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write. I'm going to just vibe and write. And then Cootie called me like 11 o'clock that night. Like, man, Jay, you need to get to L.A. right now. Like, like tomorrow if you can. Kanye got a song with him and Jay-Z on it. And he want to put a poet on it. And I told him he need to put Jay Ivy on it. The end. Cootie a funny dude though. He's a 
he's a comedian. <laughs> right. Like, he, you're funny. Dude. I'm like, dog, stop playing. Like, that ain't funny. <laughs> like, stop he playing like, with me. He, like, he was serious. He was dead serious. Wow. Life serious. And he was like, yo, get out here. <laughs> <I see laughs> oh, yeah, because it changed your life. It changed so, yeah. my life. Like, literally. So he played the song, phone me on the phone, couldn't hear the words. He telling me what Jay-Z saying in his verse, telling mm-hmm. me what Kanye saying in his verse, telling me the hook. And he was like, get out here. I was like, I'm going to find a way. So I hung up the phone. My first thought was, you need to write something right now. So I turned to a blank page as I was writing when he called me. I turned to a blank page, wrote the title down, wrote the date down. And I wrote the first thing that came to my mind. We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you're part of the math. And then my mind went completely blank. And I was like, yo, this ain't the time for writer's block. I started banging on the page. I was like, God, I was like, I need a piece right now. I was like, please give me one right now. Mm-hmm. Put my hand back to the page and hand started moving and moving, writing, writing, writing. Wrote a full page, turned page, I wrote a few more lines. I stopped. I read over it. I was like, man, it's kind of hot. So I called Cootie back in like 10 minutes, like, dog, listen to this. So I spit the poem from over the phone. He's like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like, hold on. So he goes in another room. You, the room is loud. Mm-hmm. People talking. Music's loud. Then the room goes quiet. He's like, Jay, I'm putting you on speakerphone. Spit the poem again. So I spit the piece like I had done it a million times. You know, if I on the highest cliff, on the highest roof. Oh, so you gave one hundred percent. Oh, I'm going in. I'm going Good. in. I'm Good. going in. I'm going in. When I finished, the room erupted. Everybody, oh man, oh man, oh man. I'm in Best. I was living in Best in Brooklyn, broke. By myself. Like, what's good? What's happening? What's up? Right. <laughs> like, somebody tell me something. And then and then I hear Kanye. Kanye, man, Jay, spit the palm again. Did it again. Spit it again. Did it again. Spit it again. Did it again. Did a joint for like a half hour. Piece a minute long. So I did it over and over and over again. Cootie finally got back on the phone. He's like, Jay, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, Kanye flying you out here tomorrow. I said, I found my way. I found my way. So that's how that's how Never Let Me Down came to be as far as my, my part of you know, so man, big shout out to Cootie. No, that yeah. is an amazing story. Yeah. And just as you talk, I'm just kind of visualizing just what I know from the genius film. And then I'm just yeah. also just kind of coming yeah. up with my own, like how it went. <laughs> yeah. Like in my head, how do you explain storytelling in hip hop? Because, you know, as a writer, you have to do that with your words. You write for different artists. Yeah. You wrote films. How did you or how do you put yourself in a place of, I'd say, like a quintessential historian? Like, how mm. do you become that? I mean, to me, hip-hop is storytelling. Uh, they're, they're one and the same. Mm-hmm. Like the the um, Hip-hop w- was inspired by... The last poets and Gil Scott Heron, poets that would that would put their their voices um, to the page, to the stage, and express what the black experience was and and what it what it was we were going through and fighting for, and and, and hip hop came along and just it just it just ballooned into this beautiful, incredible canvas of just incredible stories from all walks of life. So when you think of when you think of hip hop, when I think of hip hop, storytelling is the first thing that comes to mind. Like, yeah, we gonna move with it. Yeah, we gonna dance with it. But it's it's the story, it's the lyrics that that really capture us and and speak to our hearts and our spirits and say, yeah, man, that's what I'm going through. I feel that. And 
it for me it was always like I was inspired by the by the greats. You know, I was inspired by Run DMC and Slick Rick the Ruler and Big Daddy Kane, all these incredible storytellers that that spoke directly to me. I felt like in music there wasn't anybody else speaking to me. Like, yeah, we can groove with some some slow jams that your folks play. Right. Or, you know, we can watch MTV and 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 watch uh, what they playing over there. Mm-hmm. But but hip hop, uh, hip hop was like like that was that was everything. I remember riding my bike south side of Chicago, riding my bike okay. to it. to Evergreen Plaza. We called it Ever Black, Ever Black, because I, uh, yeah. I love a good flip. I love a good flip. We'll take something yeah, and make it ours black. in any type it of. It was way. always <laughs> black folks, Ever Black. Boy. Right. And I remember riding my bike to the to the music store. And going to the to the to the joint, and I find I was babysitting my little brother Sergio. Big shout out Sergio. He just turned forty. Hey Sergio, <laughs> happy forty! And I remember, uh, so I had a little money. I was like, I'm gonna go buy me an album. This is my first experience of buying an album. And I went to the store, and I didn't know what to get. And I'm just flipping through, flipping through, and I come across this this uh, this album with these these two cats. They was like leaning in an X. Mm. And and um and it, and the title was No More Mr. Nice Guy by Gangstar. And I was like, yo, I never heard of them. I was like, what's what's this? The art pulled you in. The art pulled me in. I'm like, yo, I'm buying this. But th- I got 10 bucks for this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I bought that album and put it in my Walkman. And I'm riding back on my, my little BMX going back to the crib. Mine gone. You know, and to me, like, that's. That's what hip hop has always done. Is it's uh it's it it jumps in your spirit, you know. It speaks to your soul. It put a smile on your face. It, it lets you know everything gonna be okay. It challenges your mind. It pushes you to be great. It 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 uh it inspires you to want to be a part of it. So for me, it was like, oh, I want to write like that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when I when I started writing, I was like, I want to write like Amazing. like that. <laughs> so like hip hop for me has been been everything. I'm a hip hop baby. So yo, I get yeah. that, and it, that story resonates directly with me because I also feel that hip hop has its way of choosing you. Yeah. I was the baby cousin running around and yeah. my cousin had all these crazy CDs, like all the booty mixes, <laughs> all the like so-so death based all-star yeah. volumes. All, like you name it, he had it yeah. in his room. Like one of those old school rooms where it's like floor to ceiling, you yeah. see CDs on CDs and CDs. And one time I asked, like, can I listen to one of your CDs? And my team was like, no, it's too much cussing on that. You need to find her a CD she can listen to. Right. So he had a promo CD from Q-Tip, Vibrant oh. Thing. And it had the explicit version, mm. the radio edit, and Such then the vibrant extra <laughs> And I played it. He was like, skip the first one. don't." And if you listen to it, just don't tell her that. I'll let you listen to it. I'll right. it clean. I'm like, okay, cool. And it came on, don't, don't, special girl. Real good, <laughs> good girl. girl. <laughs> I was like, I love this. And I yeah. listened to it. The entire, because it was like a family dinner or something. I listened to it the entire night. And to this day, I'm like, okay, what else? Like, this is yeah. hip hop. I need more. More. And it, 
oh my gosh. Like it just has a way of, like you said, just grabbing you and getting into your soul. And I wanted to be that. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how old I was. I was very young. And I just remember thinking like, wow, I want somebody to feel like that about me. Like I'm a special girl. I want to be a real, <laughs> a real good, good girl. girl. I want to get good grades. I want to do this. I want to, when I smile, I want somebody to be excited. Yeah. I want somebody to think I'm sweet. Yeah. I just thought and felt so many things. So I totally, I'm right there with you, bro. Like, yeah, I felt. Man, hip hop is everything. It's such a special gift to the world. It is, and and it's great to see the world appreciate it. You know, even though it's like you know, when when it comes to black folk and 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 culture, like we've always been at the top and bottom of the totem pole. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, we're so celebrated, but then was you know we marginalized at the same time. But like hip hop, it. It helps us cut through and storytelling and the poets, like the poets, they help us cut through and, and remind people of, of the greatness that we contribute to the world. And I'm glad that you brought up the greatness that spoken word brings to the world, because just recently I learned that there was even a spoken word category yeah. at the Grammys. Yeah. And I'm sure that other people, now that, that you're becoming more visible and you're here at Select Conversations, yeah. talk hey, to us hey. about your career, because <laughs> you got money and all that. Come on now. But... <laughs> How with like did you always know that spoken word was a category? When did you find out? Man, um, like I found out not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Like within maybe like seven years, eight years ago is when I first found out. And for me, I was I was surprised. Right. You, know, you were blazing like, your own trail. You yeah. didn't even know. And then the accolade opportunity came to you, right? Yeah, it was like they they actually reached out because the uh the the academy they were doing um work to, to diversify the membership. Mm -hmm. So they reached out to me and said, man, like, Jay, you ever thought about being a member of the Recording Academy? I was like, member? That, that's that's member <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. There's membership? So, like, what does that entail? So they, they educated me on that. And then after I became a member, a little time went by, and it was like, man, Jay, you ever thought being being a, uh, being a on a board? Said, there's a board? Like, what? <laughs> Like, what it's does that like entail? that in music. You just kind of yeah. learn as you go. You learn as you go. Come, you flow yeah. with it. Yeah, because yeah. you're the president of the Chicago chapter, well, aren't I, you? I was. So I, I was uh, uh, president for two years. Okay. It's a two-year term. You can't run consecutively. Gotcha. So you are a former president of the former Chicago Former president, the but now I'm a— Or the Recording Academy, rather. Right. Okay. And now I'm a, a national trustee. Well, so, explain that, because I've never— So, heard, so let me tell you, you know— so Educate us, J.I.V. Educate um, us. It's a very special, prestigious oh, uh, Did y'all hear the voice change? Title, you know. Special and prestigious. <laughs> prestigious. <laughs> but it really is. It's, it's an honor and, and it's a real privilege to serve um, as a trustee for the Recording Academy. I was When I became president, I was in the history of the Recording Academy. Um, there's, there's 12 chapters that make up. The Recording Academy. Okay. So in the history of the Recording Academy, I was the first poet to ever hold uh, a president's seat in the history of the Grammys. Black history, right? everybody. Let's give it up for them. Yeah, so I, so I ran and and, and um, I was voted on and it was an incredible experience. And then after that, it was like, well, what, what do you think about representing the Chicago, the Midwest chapter on the national level? So I decided to run for trustee. So now I ran got voted in, so now I'm the first poet to ever hold a trustee seat. So it's amazing because I'm now in this room with some of the most incredible 
voices and music. You know, and to give you an example, like Yolanda Adams is a, a, a Texas trustee. Mm. Bun B is a Texas trustee. P.J. Morton is a Memphis trustee. John Legend is an L.A. trustee. Prolific. You know, so and so now I'm in a room. Jay Ivey, as a poet, I'm a trustee, and and now poets we have we have a voice in a room. So when I when I got on the board and started learning about the process and learning that there is a spoken word category. But over the years, audiobooks has dominated the category. Okay. So that's why you have a, you know, a Don Cheadle and LeVar Burton, Barack right. Obama in, in the category because it includes poetry, audiobook, storytelling. Okay. So, but just to have that knowledge and then to go back and say, hey, y'all, you know, my joke has been, and I, I said I'm going to make this a movie or album or something. Please but, do. Uh, Whatever you're about to say, make it happen. The poet that sat by the dough. I'm the poet that sat <laughs> by the dough. You know? Like, I, I'm I'm there. I'm getting this information. And I'm like, okay, if I didn't know for years, I've been doing my thing almost 30 years, and I did not know until recent. Right. Chances are a lot of us don't know. So, hey, y'all, we... um. We got this spoken word category over here, yeah. and uh, we need to, you know, make sure that we represent it in that in this field because right now it's going to audiobooks because folks just didn't know to submit. So with the nomination happening, to me that 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 uh, it raised the awareness, and and we're looking to hopefully split the category. Hopefully that happens. Um, where where we're poets and praying for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's I, appropriate to yeah. split the category between audiobooks because to me that's a different art medium. Yeah, than that's not spoken just word. Just being a spoken word poet such as yeah. yourself and so many other artists out there. Yeah, like it was amazing to see Don Cheetah win and represent the the great legacy of John Lewis who he did the book on. Yes. But Don Cheetah isn't a spoken word artist. So let's let's uh award people in the right areas. So that's what I'm working on now. Hopefully we'll find out very soon. So Can the people vote on it? Do, I what, wish. do we need to hashtag something? What does the campaign <laughs> you, behind that need to be? How do we support it? Hey, them? if you know somebody, call somebody. Okay, <laughs> no. That's, hey, we're on YouTube with it, so yeah, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Did you have to campaign for your seat as trustee or as president? Uh, well, membership votes on those who are voting in, so okay. um, I didn't have to per se campaign, but I definitely had to present a speech and, and, you know, let people know what my goals were as president, okay. as trustee. So, uh, and, and that was done, you know, with the board and then the board votes on the, the higher, uh, the elected offices. So, so yeah, so the, the entire membership votes on if you get on the board, okay, which is like governor, but then once you're on the board, they vote for president, vice president, secretary, and trustee. That's so, great information. That's great yeah. information. So you gave a bit of a pre-presidential address. And then everybody yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah, check, yeah. Check yeah. I, I had a few words. You know, <laughs> I had a few words. <laughs> just a few, you know. Yeah, you know. Just a few. Did it include a poem? It did not, but I thought about it. Thought, oh come on! All my speeches have poems in them, but I didn't. I didn't do. Okay, it for so that you one. didn't do the obvious. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, I okay, thought about okay, it though. Okay, okay. <laughs> so let's talk about your career. So we talked about your rock bottom moments, your most creative moments, your moments yeah. where you were, you know, in between jobs. How did you keep yourself motivated? And at what point did you realize, okay, yeah, I can actually make a career out of this? Like where? What was the step one to step two in that? I mean, early on, like from from the get go, once I 
discovered the art, once okay. I realized that that was uh, my gift, I, I was gone. I was I was chasing that high. Like I I I was writing nonstop. I'm sharing my my art. I'm sharing my poetry with others. I'm chasing every stage, every opportunity, just to expose people to what it is that 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 I that I that I did and that I do. And it was always um, like, okay, what's what's next? What's next? Like even after doing that poetry, I remember mm-hmm. doing the show, and <laughs> so funny. I was living in Nashville, and me and my girl, we rented a uh, uh, a TV from Renner Center. Oh, <laughs> we rented I've a big heard screen. All kind of crazy stories about we, 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 we rented a we rented a big screen. Had a little viewing party, and then we watched it, and it was so incredible. Like here's a show I'm being seen by millions of people around the world, and as soon as it went off, I'm like, what's next? Like my, my so my mind has always been. What's next? Right. Okay, college drop. What's next? Um, That's you know, a great mindset. Yeah, I'm d- like doing this, doing that. I've done stuff with, with 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 Michael Jordan and Deepak Chopra and Beyonce and all these amazing people. But my mind is always what's next. Okay, we just did a Muhammad Ali documentary. We just did a Martin Luther King documentary. We just did Genius. What's mm-hmm. next? Like what's next? So my mind is always. Um, I'm I'm never satisfied with. With with the moment, I'm I'm not a prisoner of the moment. Right. I'm always looking at it like, okay, if I was able to do this now, what can I do next? Like, how how can I grow the art form? How can I grow my craft? How can I get better at it? At it. So I'm always um, always just thinking thinking forward and, and knowing that the bigger picture is to impact people as much as possible. Like my my. Um, my father, he was a he was a DJ. And I was telling my buddy early. My, my pops, he did. He was a uh, on air personality, and I would actually listen to him when I was a kid. I would listen to my dad on the radio, but I, before I would walk to school That's in the dope. morning, That's you know, dope. he just had had one of them voices. You know, don't blame me, blame the voice. He had one of those, you know, <laughs> yeah. one of them voices, you know. And uh, and then my mother, she's she's retired now, but she was a nurse, so I always looked at her like. I was put here to use my voice to help heal people. And it's, it's nothing that I, um, tr- you know, I wasn't like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It, it was just how things flowed out. Right. And and then when I would share it, it was always the impact that I would, or, or the response that I would get. People always inspired. People would tell me, um, you know, how they started doing poetry because they heard, maybe they heard Never Let Me Down or saw me on Deaf Poetry or people would send me messages saying they were thinking about committing suicide. Mm. And then they came across um, my poem, Dear Father, or Never Let Me Down. And and that poem, it it, it did something to their spirit and it, and it kept them here. So like for me, it was always, okay, this is much bigger than me. Like, God gave me something. Indeed. And it's my duty to be responsible with that gift and and do the most I can with it uh, while I'm here. So, like, yeah, we, we can talk money and we can talk career and we can talk, um, you know, just 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 growing, growing you know, equity and business yeah. and all that. But to me, for me, bigger than that is how can I impact a life? How can I change life? Because I've so many people have changed my life. Like so many people have, have come in, in, into my life and said, you have something. Why don't you do this? Man, that's amazing. Keep doing that. Like people have encouraged me. Like, like where would I be without Ms. Argue? 
Where would I be without my mother telling me you have a gift? Right. Do this. Where would I be without my boys? Like, oh, man, I'm proud of you. You know, like my pops wasn't around. So for my guys to tell me, you know, they were proud of me. I'm doing poetry, which wasn't. Yeah. And I'm doing this one. It wasn't that cool. OK. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, un- it's still kind of unsung now. So I can only yeah. imagine how trailblazing and forward thinking you were and how yeah. how grounded you had to be in yourself to say I'm a poet. Yeah. Just out. This is what I'm doing. What's up? And I'm going to make money from it. And I'm also going to enjoy it. And yeah. I'm also going to impact the world. Yeah. I mean, so. it's just something, you know, it's like when you know, you know, you know, you know. Right. You know, and it, it was just always one of those things that, like, if it was God, if it was the ancestors, if it, like, it was a higher like, calling, would just speak to me. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I just, I just know. Like, my album's Catching Dreams. And, over the years, like catching dreams, the, the the meaning behind that is poetry put me on this journey, and and over the course of this journey, I've been able to catch these these moments, these experiences, these uh, I've been able to uh, uh, travel the world and meet new people, and 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 it's all because of this this art, right. you know, and um, that's something that I, <laughs> that would just just I mean just speaks volumes in my mind. My spirit was just like, this is what you were put here to do. This is what you were put. And then whenever I would question it, whenever there would be an inkling of doubt, something would happen. Okay, now, oh, my buddy called me. Yeah, my buddy called me. Hey, man, um, so, yeah, it's the, um, you know, this year is the 30-year anniversary of the Michael Jordan brand, and I know that's one of your heroes, and... Uh, you think you can do a poem next week at All-Star Weekend? That is wild. Oh, yeah, I think I can do that. And then I get there, and then I open the event performing for, man, Jordan sitting right there. and One of, <laughs> one of my heroes right. sitting right there. Okay, I'm performing for him. And then and then I open, and then Prince closes. Like, Ooh. that ain't, you know. Yeah, okay. that's, that's different. It's different. Cootie and Chike. Oh, man, we... So, Jay, we about to do, uh, not only did we just do this Muhammad Ali documentary, we about to do this Martin Luther King documentary. And we want you to narrate that one, too. Historical. But but we go close it out by going down to Memphis. And then we get to Memphis and we go to the Lorraine Motel or the, uh, the Civil Rights Museum. Mm-hmm. And they allow us on the balcony. And mm-hmm. now here I am. Standing on the balcony, standing on the mark. There's a there's in in the concrete. There's a a, a mark um, where Martin Luther King was was shot. Right. And I'm standing on that mark, doing a poem to pay tribute to him. The idea and of that is just I have chills thinking about it. So I can only imagine how you felt actually delivering your art in that moment. I still on feel that it. piece. I still feel it, you know, and it's something. And when I when I first started performing years ago, King is who I aspired to speak like. Like lyrically, wow. it was hip hop, but speaking and impact, I wanted to. I wanted my voice to to uh, impact people the way Martin Luther King voice impacted me. Yeah, he so mobilized come, thousands, come millions, tens of million, millions, yeah, millions around the world. So to stand on that spot years later, it was this this full circle moment of, oh, wow, I started out wanting to be like him. And here I am right here. In this, this. So when things like that happen, it's like, OK, this this is destined. 
<laughs> like this it is, is. It this is. is it is. It is. Your talent made room for you, and you answered the call. You're being obedient. Mm-hmm. So you. that's that's definitely admirable. Thank you. So you recently delivered an opening dialogue for Select Con 4, which yeah. had heavy notes of... <laughs> Building your own future. So as other young poets or just anyone looking to break into the spoken word scene, what would you or what advice would you give to them about using their art to help others build their own futures as they try to build their own? Yeah, I think that's to me the the objective is to like when when you're a creator, it's important that you put art out there that will motivate, inspire, encourage so for any poet, any spoken word artist coming up, I would, one, I would say, I would ask this question, uh, like, what are your laws? Mm. Like, what are your laws? When when government goes to pass laws, the first thing they do is they write it down. Right. So make sure you're writing down your goals, your objectives, where you want to be in the next year, five, ten years, and, and go after it. it Time is so important. We've been talking about that. Like time is. is everything. So what you do with time, what your time is so incredibly important. So make sure you have a a direct uh, game plan, a blueprint for how you want to present your art and what impact you want your art to have on the world. Right. Because once you understand your intention and you're intentional with everything, I feel that that's where purpose aligns. That's how you know you're doing the right thing. So I'm definitely happy to hear that. And I also want to pull out an earlier point with being that you made about being a prisoner to the moment. Mm. Could you expound on that? I believe that's something that I need to hear more of. Everybody watching and listening needs to hear more (laughs) of. How do you know you're being a prisoner to the moment? And how do you pull yourself out of that? I mean, you got to learn to let go. You got to learn to let go. Like, like, yeah, absolutely, it's important that we celebrate those moments. Right. Like, you work hard to get to certain places. When you get there, absolutely celebrate it. But how long you celebrate it, that's, that's when, when, when it becomes uh, important to remind yourself, okay, time is still ticking. There is still more to do. And for me, it was always... Like, just looking forward, like, okay, I did that. But again, like, if I was able to do that in this space, what can I do next? So when you when you caught up and you still like, oh, yeah, I did X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, that was cool. You know, like, <laughs> man, what Andre say? You only funky is your last cut. Oh, <laughs> you bars. Know? Yes, that's you a gem. That's something, a gym. something, be a has butt. You know how people don't know the lyrics. They say something, 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 <laughs> something, you be a has butt. <laughs> but the point is, don't be a has butt. Like, keep... Keep redefining who you are. Keep reinventing. Keep finding new ways to express and to create and to present the greatness that you have inside of you. Right. That's just. I, I think my mama would have liked so, that one. So <laughs> called to snap here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think my mama would have liked that line. No pun Shout out to Lady P. Shout out to Lady P. Okay, Ma, how you doing? <laughs> so. Speaking of celebration, a wise woman once told me that celebration doesn't always have to look a certain way. Mm. So what does celebration look like Look like for you? Is it mm-hmm. popping bottles sometimes? Is it sitting down, having a quiet moment? How do you differentiate 
celebration and how do you find balance in those in those high moments because i mean you've been it's been giving hit after hit after moment after legendary moment for a while for you so how do you balance just so much success and then celebrating it and then getting ready for the next thing yeah i mean for me it's a simple thing it it might just be drinks with the fam Mm. uh toasting toasting it up playing some dominoes like just doing oh yeah you real shot town yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) i I know love some dominoes (laughs) (laughs) gotta have some dominoes yeah i travel with them I ain't good at it, but I, I still have them. That's, a, that's how I am with Uno cards. I don't play. Oh, you got the Uno. I might. Hey. I might have hey, Uno hey, in the hey, back. Hey, hey, nah. All right. Hey. Uno out. Remember that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's that. It's you know, you celebrate, you have fun, but you know, like even Cooney and Chike, we've been building and and um, you know, we working on Genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we worked on that for two years. It, it was a dream and a conversation for 20 years. And we finally got to it. It finally happened. It finally is finally out where the world is, uh, is, is able to see it and appreciate it and celebrate it. And we like, okay, Ernie Barnes. That's the next documentary. We, we working on Ernie Barnes. Like, yeah, that's, that's great. We, we love that. We absolutely love it. Love but, it. but Ernie Barnes is next. Oh, yeah, Catching Dreams. Yeah, we just got nominated for a Grammy. Woo! But. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on the follow-up right now. I'm still deciding on what the title is. I okay. have a few. And Poet said by the door, uh, walk a mile on my soul. I, you know, I'm still deciding on the title. But what's next? Next. Because, I mean, we've seen those moments. I guess experience has taught us that. Like, we've right. seen amazing moments happen. I was a part of the college dropout. College right. dropout won a Grammy. I'm on a record with with Jay-Z and Kanye and 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 even in the moment that you know there was this singer, I don't know if you knew this, but there was a singer named John Stevens and I started calling him John Legend and it stuck. Hmm, you know, never so, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know these, there's these moments, <laughs> there's these moments that we are part of, but That's really really dope. But Man, like they say, uh, an old wise man said on the south side of Chicago, that was then, this is now. This is now. This is now. now. What you doing now? What you doing now? What are you doing now? Yeah, Yeah, that's even way, that's miles ahead of what have you done for me lately. It's like, no. (laughs) What are you doing now? And I feel that if we all put that into how we figure out what to do next, I think that'll always keep us a few steps few steps ahead so yeah because so, i mean and then and then the quick point too is 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 uh it's like not holding on to the good and the bad because right. you know some people become prisoners of the moment that that are tied to trauma and and, and hard times so right. okay you're not there right now so it's important that you move forward the good times okay we're not there right now. Let's, let's create more. It helps you fly forward. Time. Not yeah. what's holding you back. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So let's talk about your album here. Hey, now. Physically Catching Dreams, distributed by United Masters, by yes, the way. That's what you, what you like. To... Yes. Can I have this? Yes. Is this mine? Yes, that is Okay, true. so you have to write me a poem on the back. Okay. A or write poem. me something because I'm going to frame this and keep this forever. I'll write you a haiku, maybe. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, for real. That would be legendary. Don't play. That would like, be. I need that to happen. No, this is really dope. Thank you. Catching Dreams by Jay Ivy. Yeah. Make sure you stream it everywhere. Yeah. I'm and where can one. people buy physical copies anywhere? Uh, everywhere. I mean, but you can go to go to my website, j-ivy.com. That's the letter J hyphen ivy.com. Uh, if you're on Instagram or Twitter, j underscore ivy. The link is in the bio. Yeah. We keep the links in the bio. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, 
It's available on all streaming platforms. And this was, I, I put this album out in 2020. Mm-hmm. And in 21, we did a live version of this album with the band and Tari Teray, um, my beautiful, incredible wife that and singer amazing. and songwriter. And we put the album out uh, last year. And that was the live version of Catching Dreams is actually what was nominated. And oh, another wild. project that I am a part of is Catching Feelings mm-hmm. by Tari Teray. So y'all be sure to check out that beautiful soul music, R&B. I, has, I did some, uh, some writing on that, and it's absolutely incredible. It's, it's like a deep, deep breath. So Catching Feelings by Tari Teray. And we all need a good exhale. I'm yeah, sure. So I will be listening to it. Yeah, we do. I will. And I hope we all that are watching and listening will listen yeah. to it. Somebody somebody United Masters told me they had it in heavy rotation. So All right <laughs> now. All right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's it's out there. If, it's, yeah. if United Masters has it, it's yeah. out there. It's, That's yeah. one thing United about Masters UM. They're going to make sure that they run it up every yeah. time and that it is everywhere it can be. So yeah. that's really like, helpful. Like, um, we listening. Um, is United Masters. You <laughs> um, see what I did? No, yes. Never mind. <laughs> Um, we listening. You're so extraordinary, <laughs> so you know I had to catch it. I was ready. I was so corny, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a dad joke. It was like a dad poem. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> gotcha. We try. We try. <laughs> um. Well, thank you so much. This has been an yeah. amazing conversation. And again, thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. Make sure that you watch and like and comment. Subscribe to Select Conversations by United Masters, presented by Ally. Do it right. Hey. Shot town.